Yo, everybody. Happy Friday night. It is August 19th, 2022. I am your host, one of your co-hosts, Mike Barrera. And to my side is Dave Miller. See, I didn't get the direction wrong. I didn't say left or right. Yeah. I just said to the side. It made it easy for us yeah. to remember. <laughs> uh, as you can see, I'm outside because my kid is still wide awake for some goddamn reason. And Dave, you're out. You just came back from holiday. How was yeah, yeah. your, your vacation, your trip away? Yeah, it was okay. I mean, you know, just generic, generic holiday, go away, enjoy the sun. You know, sunbathed. Yeah, it's right. You know, it was good. Good to get away. Now back here. You know, back in the action, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, we're we'll, we're we'll looking forward to a new new win tomorrow. Yeah, I um, it's been weird because we, we we recorded last week, I believe, and um, it just seems like that's such a long time ago. We already had two matches since our last show, so it's a lot to discuss. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been nice to have you back to finally talk about the union who, uh, as this title of the show is kind of called the bump in the road. They've hit a small bump in the road over these past couple games. I know they just beat Chicago four to one, but they did lose Cincinnati in a not so great fashion. And they come after the Chicago win and then kind of lay an egg against FC Dallas. So a lot to discuss, but before we discuss, we want to discuss our new sponsors. Dave, we have a whole new list of sponsors. It's pretty cool, exciting stuff. So let me read these off for you real quick. And then we can get back to the, the fun stuff here. Yep. So first and foremost, this is for Eagles fans especially. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for a chance to win a signed Brian Dawkins poster. So that's the first thing. Next thing, we have a live post-game show at the Sports and Social in Allentown, PA, this Sunday at eight on, on August 21st, 821 at 4 p.m. after the Eagles-Browns preseason game. And a special guest, Hollis Thomas, former Eagle great Hollis Thomas will be there. So that's a pretty cool little guest there. You know, he's all over WIP and all those uh, channels that there. So it's cool that they got him to uh, come support the cause. Next up, we have an old friend of ours, Statement Games. Check out Statement Games at statementgames.com for a fun new way to fantasy sports entertainment. You can win gift cards and prizes. It's free to sign up at statementgames.com. Next up. We have Vinny's Pizza and Restaurant in Allentown. They serve up Italian cuisine, including pizza, pasta, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Available for pickup and delivery. Order today at Vinny'sPizzaPA.com. And now, Dave, another new one. Let's bring another one on board here. We have Stuff to the Grills at 6750 Iroquois Trail, number 5 in Allentown, PA. They are StuffToTheGrills.com. You can check out their funky uh, Cubano, sweet chili shrimp po'boy, and house-made meatloaf. Sounds pretty good. And also address-wise, I believe they're right next to Vinny. So very easy to get to both if you want to. And of course, last but not least, we have our our line of work here. We have the Across the Pitch shop at aatsportsnetwork.com slash shop. Check that out for all the gear, all the fun stuff. Besides that, Dave, uh, you know, what, what, what can you say about the last two games, the Chicago match and the uh, FC, FC Dallas match? I think they're probably two games that perfectly encapsulates what the MLS really is. So it's a league where anything can happen on any given game, match day or game day. Uh, again, obviously, you, I, I actually wasn't able to watch last weekend's game because I essentially was up at midnight in US time and didn't get back to like, um, well, I left at 5am UK. I was up at 5am UK time, got back at 11pm, so I was knackered by the time Ooh. I looked back. Didn't watch the game, but obviously seeing the highlights, it was the perfect performance. Really, I think clinical when it had to be. Yep. Uh, the, they got open, cut open a few times. It's a bit edgy at the back at times. Left open a couple of chances, which perhaps you wouldn't really want want there to be. I mean, the goal, obviously Jack Elliott sort of rushed to clearance when perhaps had he given it another second to you know 
get it either on his right foot or to you know, compose himself a bit more. Probably don't concede the goal. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the Chicago games seemed a very strong performance and good team goals. The Gastar goal was good. Uh, good composure with Julian Carranza goal. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a solid performance. And Dallas is... Yes, Dallas game, I mean, yeah, it's always going to be a tough game on the road. I mean, Union notoriously have a very poor record against Dallas. I think I was made aware. They've, they Joe, haven't won a single time. They've drawn once. They've not won once in yeah. Dallas. Yep. I think Joe Tanzi, Joe Tanzi put the stats up for the game. Had it again? I think so, yeah. I think, yeah, did. I think they'd scored, like, the last time they'd scored, like, 2016 or something. Like that, and it was, it was going to be a tough game, tough fixture going into that ground. I mean, they had great chances. I thought I was actually able to see the first 20 minutes of the game more break at work. And I thought the Union started off the bat of two sides. I mean, Carranza had a couple of good chances with the free kick and the shot from the edge of the box. You thought, they've started off quite well here. Then obviously, yeah. stopped watching and then sort of looked at the score at the end. It was 1-0. So and having seen like the full highlights and 20, 20 minute onwards, it's frustrating to have not, you know, perhaps take, had, you know, scored one of the chances they had because there was a couple of chances in the second half where they'd been a bit more composed or... You know, I think the Kyle shot where he could have just drilled it at the near post on his left foot, but he decided to cut inside and sort of sliced it with his right foot and had to def- uh, rely on the deflection to sort of send it goalward. Perhaps if he did use his left foot, you never know. He could have ended up beating the goalkeeper, could have made a save in the rebound or fallen somewhere. But yeah, I think it was two games that perfectly encapsulates the up and down, up and down nature of the MLS. Yeah, the uh, it was a very much a tale of two different stories between the two matches because, as you said, they were clinical against uh, Chicago. They were. They were very clinical, polished, good performance from top to bottom. You get the FC Dallas, and the clinical side of things was not really all there. Before I get too far, I had myself put some comments out. Uh, Adam uh, says, what's up, guys? Hello. Thanks for joining us as always. And Moyo as well. appreciate you guys chiming in. Yo. Very fun stuff. And look, they even know each other. Adam, well, say, look, it's a camaraderie <laughs> in the comments. I love it. So a Chicago game real quick. So I thought the the best goal that night, or at least the most exciting goal, was that first goal when Ula traps it around midfield. It was just boom, 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 goal. You know, right to Carranza across the pitch. Carranza does enough to get it to Daniel, who then just calmly chips it in, which was a great goal. It reminded me a lot of the D.C. United goal that we had scored last year. I believe that was at that game where you had uh, Bedoya playing up the side of the pitch. Uh, Daniel like basically tipped it to Sergio, and Sergio had a good counter goal on the left-hand side. It was like just a 1-2-3 into the net kind of counterattack. So that's what you love to see, that chemistry between those three. And then the goals afterwards. You know, you had Elliot paying attention on the on the header from Mbizo. You had um, Corey Burke standing strong in that fourth goal night. And then, of course, the third goal was – oh, my God, Dave, who scored the third goal? I'm drawing a blank here. Um, Kronzo. Carranza, yes, thank you, Carranza. Carranza scored a third goal, so it was just, it was just clinical. And then you get to the, the the FC Dallas game. Now I know you mentioned you watched in the first twenty minutes. Agree or disagree with me, Dave? In that first twenty minutes, I thought the Union were the better squad. What yeah, do you think? I, about? Agree. I okay. thought they had the better chances to control possession a lot more. Um, I'll quickly flashback on that Chicago game as well. One thing that obviously speaking about the Union being clinical. Yeah. is the fact they took advantage of the defensive mistakes that Chicago opened up for them. I mean, yeah. for two of the goals, I mean, for the, for the guys that goal and Carranza goal, they were cut open so easily with that one pass. And obviously, uh, you know, the Union made like, good use of being able to take advantage of, you know, being able to slice them open with some clinical pass. And then with the Elliott goal, the keeper just didn't know what to do. He, he, 
for some reason he tried to catch it the ball hit the bar it fell perfectly for Elliot who did well to make sure he stayed on the side and tracked the head and that it was a that was a clear that was a proper striker's goal where it is a simple tap in but you've closed up the shot expecting the goalkeeper to make a mistake or your teammate not to score and it's what a lot of strikers should really be doing in those sort of scenarios so it was a good goal to see and again that clinical nature and again the Corey Burke goal I thought was very good as well the first touch that he had to open up the space around him to actually you know it's by his first touch basically create the goal if he didn't have such a good first touch he may have struggled to have beaten uh Selena that he did fantastically to you know uh make sure the first touch opened up the full goal I think Dan Higginbottom said and he just was able to roll it perfectly into the far corner yeah, so Slanina got <laughs> some harsh comments after his performance overall. I mean, I know that he's got a lot of talks going overseas, so it's like, well, this is the the person that's so like highly touted. The mistake that he yeah. made on the LA goal was pretty bad. I mean, he had the ball above the post. He could have just tipped it back or just yeah. knocked it. He just really just dropped it. It was a terrible goal. But if you watch that goal again, like you, you know, Elliot just paying attention, was in the right spot at the right time, which was great. He actually almost had the same exact thing happen to him at the FC Dallas game as well. Um, but I thought between the two matches, the one thing that stood out in particular was the fact that they started out the Chicago second half a bit shaky and they did get burned by the goal um, within the first about five minutes or so. Same thing with FC Dallas. When you started out that second half, you almost went down 2 nothing almost right away. It was yeah. not a good start to the second half. So that's two matches in a row. With, that has now been a concern. I'm hoping that it's not three against DC United because that would then be a pattern. That we're, you know, we really want to – we don't want to see. But I thought they did well to press against FC Dallas to start the match. I thought they forced turnovers. I yeah. thought the chances were there. And if you watch the press conference with Jack McGlynn after the game, he says, like, the chances were there within the first 15 minutes. They, we just didn't put it away. We just weren't clinical enough. And then next no. thing you know, Ferreira gets <coughs> one chance at goal and just buries it. But, Dave, in that first 20 minutes, I'm also going to go back to you for this one, Jacob Glessens did not have a good first half. What did you think from his performance uh, on that night within what we, with what you saw? I mean, to be fair, I mean, for what I saw, I don't think the union had much to do defensively, so I can't really judge him from what I saw. I mean, the goal, obviously, you go and look back at the highlights and the goal, he did get caught a bit flat-footed, and by the time that he, you know, he was able to react to Ferrero going outside him, it was either stick a leg out and give away a penalty, or... So I think he did... I mean, yeah, he should have been more prepared, should have been on his toes, ready for him to try and cut outside him, or ready for the movement, but he... Um, Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, he got he got caught out quite badly, and then yep. I mean, again, if he sticks out the leg, gives away the penalty, he's down there, and he did. This, I think he did the thing any defender would do, which is pull the leg back, and Ferreira scored a great goal, managed to find the bottom corner, which didn't, obviously Andre can really do much about. Yeah, I mean, so if for most of the, the rest of the, the Glessness performance, and I mean, Kai Wagner as well can be kind of thrown into this conversation. Glessness looked kind of off. I mean, he had one pass in particular. He was going down the center of the pitch. He thought Kai Wagner was going to be running up the left side, and he just passed it out of bounds. It was just yeah. it was very uncharacteristic in that regard. Second time in the first half, he had the ball on the right side of the field, and he could have very easily shot it back to, to, to Andre Blake just to kind of keep possession. And even Alan Bedoy was like, what the hell are you doing? He just kind of shot out out of bounds. And then the one in particular that was, was really bad was in the second half, he had the ball in the box and he went to go push out to Kai and he like, I mean, he barely touched it. It rolled maybe 
10 feet at the most. And it was, I mean, like, who are you looking at? And I'm not one to bash Jacob. I, I love him. He's, I think he's a great player, but he looked all out of sorts. And then Kai had two crosses in particular were just terrible. I mean, Dave, I mean, literally almost into the other side of the stadium bad, just launched them. Yeah. And it, you don't see that from Kai Wagner. You don't even his no. even his corners, his crosses. They weren't that accurate. They were too much spin on it. it. Was it just wasn't a good performance? I thought that they looked better when Olivier came in. I thought they looked better when Mikael came in for for Corey Burke. Which, by the way, he's, may or may not have broken a rib. Just FYI. Um, um, I think he's fit for tomorrow. He's fit. So okay, good. So he dodged the ball. I know there's a press conference yeah. that we missed. So apologies there, everybody. But um, they looked better once Olivier came on. They looked better once once Ua came on, but my God, those the defensive performance really wasn't that strong outside of maybe Elliott's a few touches here or there and um and 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 Nathan when he started because Nathan started last night and it was or the other night yeah. it was and it, he did fine I thought he did okay but any other thoughts from you on that on that first twenty minutes that you can kind of touch upon before yeah. we get to the next topic here? I mean, not really. I think again, I think looking from the highlights, obviously Andre Blake made a couple of good saves to really keep the score. Yeah. Uh, one nil, nil nil at the time. So, and again, Andre sort of never could play. Actually, I mean, obviously as well. I don't know if you were at the Chicago game. I don't know if you were there. Or... No, I wasn't there. Obviously, from the TV, did Casper Schubert get a good reception? Or so, yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about that real quick. So, Casper did come back against Chicago. He did get a decent reception, according to JP Della Camera. So, it was nice to have him welcome back. But honestly, Dave, I he was kind of invisible for most of the match. And, I'm, okay. and I, I put that nicely. He he just didn't contribute. He almost had an assist early on with with a nice header into the box that Blake you know stood tall for. But Casper was kind of irrelevant, and which is you know kind of why he's not here anymore. Let's be honest. Yeah. He does have those stretches where he just disappears. So I thought he he got the warm welcome that he deserved. He wasn't booed throughout the match or anything like that. He just you know was another player out there for yeah. Chicago. That's okay. That's yeah. fine. That's fair enough. Yeah. So it, it was um. But when you come back to to the FC Dallas game, a lot of fans are were pretty pissed off. For one, you saw them go against Cincinnati and play pretty poorly against the Cincinnati team who, team who just seems to know how to play against the Union. They they kind of figured them out. Thankfully, Cincinnati, I believe, is below the playoff line right now. But if they do sneak into the playoffs, they would foreseeably be a second round matchup or third round matchup if they make it that far. So I would be afraid to play Cincinnati because they they have played well well against us so far. Um, but a lot of people are saying lack of effort, you know, they just looked bad, sloppy. And now it's mm. become a trend a couple times where you've had these just absolute dud performances when you're on the road. Um, I, I don't, I mean, do you think there's some concern now for the union that they can be a bit mm. Jekyll and Heidi, or do you think it just, they're a hundred degree weather, they're in Texas in the middle of the week, the lineup's not the same. I mean, how do you react to this kind of mediocre performance? Um, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be serious as a mediocre performance who's one nil on the road in the MLS. I think, yeah, well, that's true. I yeah. think, to be fair, I think I, the many games, I think you probably send, say, on the road, you take a point, you take a you take a draw. And I mean, that's the thing. I could, I mean, perhaps we're, we're, we're too spoiled with the union and we're so used to them being yeah. a great team and winning. And But I think, again, I don't think, I, I don't know whether so maybe we're overreacting a bit, but I think that the union. Uh, you know, I think I don't know how to explain. It. I think again, you're going to have those off days, especially on the road. Yeah. I think 
you see you see the form this year. I mean, there's there's games where they deserve to lose and they've won. There's games that perhaps they've taken the point up. Games they should have lost as well. I think they're going to you're bound to lose some games sometimes. I think again, what I think lost five games all year. Uh, I mean, again, it's frustrating because especially when you have those sort of small outside hopes of winning the support shield, I think that's now completely gone. That's, that's gone. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, I think they're nine points ahead of both Austin and us now. I mean, they've just been yeah. on a tear. LA, LAFC, LAFC yeah. is by far the best team in the league, and LAFC has a game in hand on you as well. Um, again, well, four losses out of twenty-six, and I mean, all all on the road as well. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't really. Begrudge it too much. I think again, it's one of those things. I guess when you're coming off the back of a big win, you probably expect a bit more. But it's the MLS. It, it, it's a crapshoot every single week as to what's going to happen. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, at the start of the year when I don't think anyone would have probably bet on Montreal being in the top two or three teams in the uh, Eastern no. Conference at the start of the year either. I mean, even in Atlanta being second bottom in the Eastern Conference as well, I don't think anyone would have predicted that. So I think so it's a crapshoot every week, and the Union sort of being as consistently strong as they are. Staying at the top is uh, a great sign. Actually, Jose Nunez, our buddy Jose, did say Montreal could have been a good team this year. So I'm going to give him credit. I'm going to shout him out. If he listens to this, yeah. you're welcome, Jose. And I remember him talking to me. So I think Montreal could be decent from their performances yeah. they were watching. But no, you're right. I, I, I think you have to be somewhat cool and, and collected. The problem is, is now you're facing the bottom feeder of the, of the league in D.C. United. So you can look at it two ways. You can say, oh, great. Now they can just beat up on a team they beat 7 nothing." Or you can look at it as, oh, shit, we are, could lead into our trap game. God forbid we go to D.C. United and lose or even yeah. just draw. I mean, then you're going to have the fans panicking. I agree with what you said, though, a few minutes ago. The the supporter shield is pending some sort of like amazing run to end the year, most likely out of grasp. There's nine yeah. points back a game in hand with LAFC or the LAFC has a game in hand rather. So that's unrealistic. So what's the next goal here? The top of the Eastern conference, yeah. you get that first spot, you get a week off and um, you know, you solidify that, that it will go through super park for the playoffs. Um, oh, yeah. But one thing in particular that I want to talk about real quick before I put in this comment and a shout out to Laura. Thank you. Appreciate it for the, uh, the, the thoughts there, you know, um, glad. Thank you guys for watching the show. But one thing in particular that we saw a lot of commotion about on Twitter was, do you go with Leon Flock or do you go with Jack McGlynn? Jack McGlynn has taken the league by storm over these past few weeks. He's played great. He had a nice uh, free kick. And Leon Flock has been great throughout the season. He's a, he's a stout defender. But I think McGlynn's presence is more recognizable because of what he contributes on the offensive end. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? Do you think it's time to, for the switching of the guard, or do you think you stick with what you've what has brought you to this point with Leon Flock? Um, I think it's a difficult one. I think because both players obviously <laughs> both good players, what they do. Um, personally, for me, I think it, I think that the switch could be dependent on it's more of like a a matchup sort of thing as opposed yeah. to making direct change. I think if you're going into a bigger game, I mean, you know, against a team like NAFC on the road, even at home or a big road game, you might, you know, you're going to struggle to like keep possession and things such as that. I think some of Leon Flock out there is probably going to be a better player to use because you're going to have more defensive depth and balance in the team. But I guess, again, no disrespect to a DC United or when you look at the even schedule coming up, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to DC United, even like a team like Colorado, uh, Atlanta United, those are the sort of games that perhaps 
you could use or utilize yeah. um Jack given the start and you know to make it a bit more expansive and open an attack. But I mean yeah I think you can use them and deploy them both and depend on the matchup I think. Yeah, it, it should depend on the matchup. The same thing can be said with Olivier Mbizo and Nathan Harriel. Honestly, Dave, I I, I feel kind of crazy saying this. I kind of want Olivia to play more often. To be to be perfectly frank, mm-hmm. I think that when you have Bedoya sitting back, like Jim has alluded to recently, Nathan's great defensively. Yes, he has the ability to kind of send a long ball. He does have ability to cross, but Olivier is Jack McGlynn-ish in the sense that he can beat you one on one. He can make a play. He he is offensively gifted in that manner. And the way the top three have been playing with Daniel Gazda, Ua, and Carranza having Kai Wagner be on the left and Olivier offensively minded on the right is really dangerous. I mean, it's a it's a very dangerous group of five players. And Bedoy's been playing great too. Can't forget Ali Bedoy's been playing phenomenal this year. So I kind of want to see more of Olivier. I do. I know I know people love Nathan. I think Olivier does have his mental lapses on defense, which is frightening considering the fact that if Jack McGlynn's in there too, you don't have as strong of a defensive output. But, I mean, they're, they've been scoring well. And that's what we've been wanting to see all year was them score two goals a game, right? Do you feel yeah. confident that they can score two goals a game now, right? You, you go into these matches expecting a second goal now. Olivier has been a contributor to that. I, I feel like, you, you know, you, you can't argue against that. But um, when you go back to Jack and Leon, we I saw a huge battle online. Basically, Leon Flock is too limited offensively. He can't contribute. And Jack is has to be the starter. But at the same time, you have to think, this team is based off the counterattack. This team is based off first and, forcing turnovers and suffocating you on defense and then attacking that way. Leon Flock does play that part extremely well. Yeah. And it allows players like Jose Martinez and Kai Wagner to be more aggressive, knowing that Leon is able to quickly get back on defense because he's much faster than Jack as, as well. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, against DC United, who do you think who do you think we see in the lineup? I think probably Leon Flock. I think, again, it's another road game. I think you want to try and make sure you get out of there at least a point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Just about to Jack again. I think, I mean, again, if Jim wants to shake things around, you might see. Something a bit different, but I think again, it's the sort of game that Leon will probably come into because he just do the dirty stuff in the mid- midfield as well that sort of goes undetected, putting in the side tackles, you know, chasing, hustling the ball down, you're chasing off the loose balls, and you know, when possession is lost, um, he's one of, the, one of those guys that's first to the ball. Uh, he allows Kai Wagner to be Kai Wagner as well. And I think Jim Kern's alluded to that many times since he's come into yes. the team. That we've seen the best out of Kai Wagner when Leon Flux on the pitch because Leon Flux can. Take up the defensive duties and give Leon Flark more, no, Kyback and more freedom to attack that left hand side and be more expansive in the way that he plays. So I think, again, especially again like this, you're going to need your best players going forwards to be yeah. at their best. So I think putting Leon out there is probably the smart choice. And I mean, not to mention, okay, so when you go back to the supporter shield year, you had Anthony Fontana, I'm, I'm sorry, God, Anthony Fontana being a, a very you know, reliable sub off the bench. You had the same thing with Ilsenio the year before when he just had a, a phenomenal year. He was a super sub in the league. Right now, before we entered the season, you and I had talked about this and saying, who is going to be the super sub? Who is going to be the guy that you can rely on to come to the game and change things up? Right now, Ua and Karan's up top are awesome. You bring in Burke, it's more of a gritty defender, but you know you're losing offensive ability when you put Corey Burke in there. So yeah. who is the guy who can create? And the one person who has been literally instant, you know, 
uh, offense has been Jack McGlynn. So why not use him for 30, 25 minutes per match and allow him to be that super sub while Leon Flock does all the dirty work for the first 65 minutes? I mean, you can coexist with both of them. It's just a matter of how you use them properly because, to be honest with you, you can put uh, Jack McGlynn out there for 65, 70 minutes, but then you can't bring Leon on for the last 20 minutes if you're trying to score a goal. No. It's, he, he's more of a Warren Craval type player, if anything, in the back half of a game than he is Jack McGlynn. So I I hope against DC they bring Leon because you're right. You need to secure a point on the road, and you don't want to, you don't want to have any defensive mis- miscues against DC, especially considering how big of a rivalry – well, rivalry this really is. <laughs> yeah. I think as well. I mean, again, I think – Jim's alluded to as well. They've become a bit more solid and more structured under Wayne Rooney since they've come in. I mean, and you look at the sort of games again, coming off the seven 0 loss, and Rooney sort of come in. They're trying to again. They're still struggling a bit. They're very inconsistent with the form wise. Uh, they've lost the last two games, just one one nil. Yeah. Um, again, unlucky to lose in LA, but I think yeah, this is sort of game Union can't really afford to lose. I mean, again, they've still got that six point gap over. Um, yeah, six point gap over MICFC and five point gap over Montreal. But the important thing for him now is to, uh, you know, sort of keep racking up the points because the job isn't done yet. I mean, no. listen, if they lose this get, if they lose this weekend to Montreal and MICFC both end up winning the game, their games, and then there's a chance the Union could end up being in third place by. Couple weeks. But, yeah, within the next couple of weeks, I don't know when their games and hands are. So again, I think you need to don't stray away with, from what's working just because of you no. know, just because of the odd game or two. Um, it's works. It's worked well so far. But even again, I mean, having Leon playing in the six, and I know the Union have obviously signed a couple of the uh, a couple of players of of the recent weeks as well. I don't know if any. I don't know if any of them on the bench in midweek. Um, Probably not. Not no, at least yeah. not not this far in the season. So actually, I'm gonna look at the lineup real quick. So last time the Union played against DC United, Leon Flock was in the lineup to start that match. So I mean, they destroyed them the first time with Leon. So why not do it again? Yeah. My biggest my biggest fear is the revenge aspect side of things. Is the fact that you beat them last year um, at at home in in at the um, the Union Stadium in the Lightning match that we had, and you just absolutely embarrassed them yeah. at home. I mean, you you literally <laughs> had a historic win against them. Yeah, they're gonna be pissed off. They're gonna they're gonna want to rough you up. They're gonna want to at least get a goal or so to, to make it interesting early on. You can't take them for granted. You can't because no. at the end of the day, you're still in a league that anybody can win any single week. We've seen it tons of times already this year. I mean, DC United does have wins. They have beaten opponents so far. Absolutely. But to go back to the point about the standings, you have Montreal behind you. Thankfully, you draw, they drew them at home and they beat them at, away. So you have four points against them right there. And against NYCFC, they've beaten them twice also. Yeah. So you do have that in your back pocket, the fact that you've beaten these two teams below you. But you're right, Dave. It, it's, it sucks to say that this match against the bottom feeder is a must win. But it, let's, let's be honest, it's a must win. If you want to be yeah. a true contender in this league, you have to beat the opponents that you should yeah. beat. And this is a must win game. Exactly. So, Dave, they win the game. Who's scoring? What's the final score? Uh, I'll say 2-1. I think, again, oh, look at the way that... That's tighter than I was hoping you'd say. <laughs> I think, again, look at the way that... Uh, I mean, again, look at the way... You know the way that Rooney is 
change that team, probably making them a bit more defensively solid. I mean, I think it's, they're, they're going to be a tough op- op- opposition to break down. As you said, they're, they're playing for pride. I mean, yeah. the last time they played the Union, it couldn't have been good for them. I mean, it wasn't good for them. Uh, I mean, look at, uh, you look at the games that they had before Rooney took over, I think, which go through all the competitive games they played in. So from the 24th of April, uh-huh. they can, they I think they conceded less than two goals on two occasions up until the Union game. So Jesus in, Christ. In a, <laughs> almost a three-month period, they only conceded, they conceded a goal or less in just two games. And since Rooney's come in, they've obviously conceded only a goal. If you can see, well, they've looked better defensively again. Like the last three games, they've kept a clean sheet. They've lost 1-0 a couple of times, but against, again, the Dell AFC team and on the road to New England. They're going to be a tough one. They're going to be, I'm not saying they're a great team, but they're a, they're a strong... They're going to be a strong... They're going to have a strong mindset of, we're going to play the upset, we're going to play the underdog upset and upset a role. We're going to try and close them down. We're going to play for revenge and pride. So I think, yeah. Yeah. 2-1, that's why I sort of think it's going to be a closer game than we expect. You know what? You mentioned the Rooney, and I forgot about that. So if you guys remember, they actually had fired their coach after the Union game. Rooney took over afterwards. So we have never seen this version of DC United yet. Granted, it's not going to be catastrophically different, but you're right. It's probably going to be more defensive-minded, as you mentioned. The, 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 the strategy is going to be a little different. Yeah. Um, but when you're playing a team that literally has nothing to play for besides pride and revenge, that's a very dangerous opponent. And yeah. From a health standpoint, the the union players are going to get smacked around. I mean, it's just it's just going to be there, and you yeah. have to be ready for that. You have to be ready to handle that kind of pressure. You have to be ready to handle that kind of environment and that kind of um, intensity. Because guess yeah. what? If they go down a goal early, the union fall down in the in the twenty fifth minute early. You know, DC is just going to bunker down and try to crowd the box and make it impossible for the union to score. And we yeah. saw it against FC Dallas. You, I think it was, um, I think it was Jack in the press conference, Jack McGlynn, who said, you know, you tried to make attempts at a goal in the second half, you just couldn't. They just hunkered down in the box, they parked the bus in a way, and they just basically kept them out of any sort of danger zone. Yeah. And when you had Kai Wagner playing as poorly as he was, and you have Olivier really not creating a terrible amount of chances, you didn't, you couldn't score, you just couldn't score at all. You had your chances and you blew them when when they were there. So, yeah, I, I'm more concerned about this match than I should be and I think it's only because it's at DC United. If it was at home, I'd say we're going to clean the yeah. we're going to clean the floor with them, but it's almost a bad thing that we beat them that bad because now they have this significant edge of intensity they might bring that they may not have brought if they only lost, you know, one nothing. It's like ah, it was a, it was a close match kind of thing, but yeah. I'm going to I'm going to be more optimistic. I'm going to say I'm going to say 1-0. I don't yeah. think they give up a goal. I think they're going to keep. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I was going to say, obviously, Jim did sort of reiterate in his press conference that he's going to sort of rotate things and make changes between oh, the right. Dallas game and DC game as well. So, I mean, Abijam Corey will come out. You might see Ali maybe come out, and that could open up the chance of Jack McGlynn to come in anyway. You might end up having the balance and McGlynn, and, and you might get him out there as well. Uh, that's probably it. I think he'll want to Kabua, get guys down and Kranz in the front three, especially coming off a loss. I think had the Union maybe won the game yeah. may, on uh, Wednesday night, you may have actually seen uh, an Uar and Chris Donovan. Uh, you know what, Dave, 
Damn it, you're right. I forgot that he said that. You're right. So they might actually have some changes. And yeah, we saw when fine. Bedoya had the suspension after he threw the ball against uh, the Revolution, that McGlynn actually took his spot on the right side, not Quinn yeah. Sullivan. So you're right. Yeah, it, it say, might, I, there might be a Quinn on the right. I think obviously Ali played. Yeah. Ali obviously played the full 90 minutes or the full game. Uh, but I think he will probably go with the strongest front three, which is obviously Gazda, Gouwao, and Carranza. Yeah, uh, yeah, Coming sure. off the loss, I think he'll want to rectify that and make sure we this team comes out with the win. I mean, it's going to be a big game tomorrow. I mean, again, I mean, listen, the Union will be playing in the playoffs. It's just a matter of whether they end up, whether the East goes through Philadelphia or do they have to then, you know, do they end up having to get them or do they end up having to, you know, no, I scored having to play a first round matchup and, you know, not, don't, don't get a bye. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So, yeah, I mean, Luckily, the Union have not lost back-to-back games all year. Yeah. So, statistically speaking, they've bounced back. And we've talked about their battles with adversity before. We've talked about how they've been always been able to get through these tough times and bounce back and had these comeback performances. And we saw that last year too, Dave. After the, after the CONCACAF knockout game where we lost in Chester, they come back and they take care of NYCFC at home, which was a humongous game that they came back and won. Yeah. We've seen this at Atlanta when they had they were down in the first half getting their ass kicked and they ended up smacking them in the CCL in the second half. We've yeah. seen this over the last two years. This team has a lot of fight, a lot of grit. I don't expect them to lay down tomorrow. I expect no. them to come out with intensity. I just am worried that the intensity is also going to be matched by a team like DC United against the All rival right. with a new coach. So now that you mentioned McGlynn's going to be in the lineup, I'm still going to say 1-0, but I'm a, I have a bit more optimism because I actually kind of mm-hmm. like Jack in this in this form that he's in right now because he is playing very well, which is exciting. No, okay. Because obviously with the way that the uh, player format works out, only the first seed gets the bye, doesn't it? Yes, yes. So I mean, obviously looking at the moment, presuming the Union do get the bye, going off sort of presuming that the top-ranked teams will win, they'll play the winner of the Rebels and Columbus Crew. So, yeah, I the Union playing Columbus in the playoffs. That's going to be a tough game. But yeah. First seed for the Daft Union playing the Columbus screen in the playoffs. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game because every time we play Columbus, it's tough. And I don't especially, know who I mean, yeah. Getting the flashbacks as well to the uh, support shield year where the Union, obviously, I mean, I, thought, I don't think every, I think, did they, no, they lost to the refs, didn't they? Sorry, the crew actually won the playoffs that year, sorry. Yeah. And obviously, the Union lost to the refs. That's my bad, sorry. I mean, again, I mean, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, it, of course, they could end up playing the Reds, who uh, are only a, a couple, uh, you know, only a couple of goals behind the Columbus crew in the table. So, I mean, yeah, again, and, you have, and you have Charlotte knocking on the on the yeah. door too. Charlotte's been climbing up the stand; they're right there. Yeah. Toronto I'm, as well. Toronto as well. I don't want to play the crew in the playoffs. No. I really, I really don't want to play Cincinnati at all. I think Cincinnati could beat us. I wouldn't mind uh, playing. I wouldn't mind playing. Um, Charlotte. I think we can handle Charlotte. I think we did very well against them the yeah. first time. I think we could take care of business. Yeah. So I'm hope I'm pushing for Charlotte. I know we had Dave Gussler on our show, you know, months ago um, from Charlotte FC. So uh, I, I I'm rooting for them, and then hopefully we kick their ass in the playoffs. Right. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, looking yeah. at the uh, like the bottom end of the, uh, the table, anyone up from Atlanta in 13th could make the playoffs. So. Yeah, yeah. Then you want four points off the. Um, or Philando City. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, in the end, you look at teams like Chicago, I mean, yeah, the Union thrashed them at the weekend. Remember, was like, oh, they're bottom feeders of the East. 
they're only three points off Orlando. In, Come on, in Chicago. Give me Chicago. I'll gladly yeah. take Chicago again. I thought they I mean, were. Chicago. I would say Chicago could end up the fifth seed. They can string together two, three, four wins or three, four positive results in the row. They can end up being the fourth, the fifth seed for a I, win at the moment. I don't mind Chicago because of the way they played against Shakiri in that last match. They basically just took him. They controlled him and everybody plays off of him anyway. So it's like they, yeah. they just said, hey, don't let him beat you. And that's basically what happened. They, they Very will. Similar. Very similar to the way in which they dealt with Carlos Vela with that AFC. I mean, obviously. And the same way they've done well with a lot of superstars. They are able to kind of keep these guys in check a bit, which has been been very nice to see. But go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's what I was mean. And of course, I mean, obviously, LFC didn't have either Chiellini or um, Bell play for them this week. In Wait, the Dave, game, I'm not sure why. Do you see the comment from Danny? Isn't it sad that we fear anyone with the best defense in the league? But I agree. You know why we agree with this, Danny? Because the Union have not had historically good performances when yeah. it matters most. So I think we're scarred yeah. by it. As Philly fans, we're scarred by it. I think, yeah, I agree. I think, again, I've been going into last year's playoffs. I think a lot of the Union weren't playing great going into that playoff period. I think a lot of us probably thought, did somewhat fear the worst of it. That, you know, they, they yeah. were going to struggle to, I mean, again, the weren't convincing the playoffs last year, but. That was probably the one year that, I mean, going off the way the Union's history has gone, it wouldn't surprise you if they'd have gone all the way and won it, considering they were somewhat convincing throughout the year. But then to then take the previous year where they were so dominant and then to, you know, just throw an absolute dud in the first in the in their first game against the Reds, where they should have, I think, after beating them like five, six times in the same year, it, it was just ridiculous. But I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I think Danny makes a great point that. Again, it's it's sad that we do fear other teams, but I think that's the nature of the MLS is that yeah, not like the Premier League in England, where if you look look at the uh, fixtures, you see Liverpool are playing. Uh, I think Liverpool are playing Nottingham Forest and Man City are playing Bournemouth. You just look at those two and go, okay, Liverpool and Man City have won. We'll look at look we'll look at the rest of the fixture list. Right. In the MLS, anyone can truly be anybody, and that's all the beauty of this league. Yeah. Perhaps even if the quality is not up to standard of the other leagues in the world, the unpredictability and the excitement of the league is what makes it so so exciting. I, I completely agree. And I think that is one reason why in particular you have to have home field advantage. I know, I know people get kind of weary about the first round by, and I, I get that you want to kind of go with momentum, but we cannot be beaten at Super Park. I feel very confident playing at Super Park, yeah. 100%. No, it's if, if it has to run through Chester, then may God bless all the other teams that have to come through here because there's just, there's just a different energy from the team. They have a different spirit to them. You can see it, the way they their passes, their 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 flair, the accuracy. Everything's different in front of the Philly fans. It's, okay. it's unbelievable. I mean, I think Jim, he mentioned years ago, he wanted to build a fortress at Super Park, and he's done that. He, he's Frankly, he's done that in a lot of times just through defense. Let's yeah. be honest. You know, you suffocate these teams and you, you put out these counter-attacking goals and it's just beautiful to watch. And um, I'm excited. But first, we have this match tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Dave, you are on the call tomorrow night, right? Yeah, I got tomorrow You're night. on the call tomorrow night. Awesome. So follow him, Dave GFC Miller, on – wait, this right here. On Twitter, Dave GFC Miller. You can follow me, Emberer1323. I won't be covering yeah. the match. Might be the press conference. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Dave, you said two to one. I said one zero. They play against DC United, the bottom feeders. Hopefully, they turn it around. Any last thoughts, so Dave? Any any goal scoring prediction that will close up the night? 
Um, I will say my goal scorers. I will go Carranza. Uh, go Carranza Bryce. Oh, Carranza Brace. Oh, he did look pretty aggressive against FC Dallas. So I think I can I can agree with a Carranza goal. I'll go with one goal from Carranza. And you know what? I think Jack McGlynn gets another one tomorrow. I think he starts, and I think he gets a goal. He's been in good form. He's been getting close. So I think he gets a goal tomorrow and, and makes more of a controversy on Twitter because everybody wants him to start over Leon Flock. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Danny, Moyo, Adam, all you people. Appreciate Laura, I believe. Shout out to everybody. Awesome. And uh, Cheers, have guys. a great night. Cheers. Do. Hey, you do.